Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast starts with a word. A word that evokes a lot of different ideas, concepts, and yes, opinions. A word that that we are all still trying to make sense of. I went to Merriam-Webster's dictionary online and typed that word in and got the following response. The word you've entered isn't in the dictionary. So how do you define a word that isn't even in the dictionary? That word is metaverse. When you think of the metaverse, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Neon. And I don't know why, but I think neon. Revolution. I would use the word magic. Immersive. Nascent, because that's what it is. Collaboration. All of the things we've ever fantasized about. It's time for us to begin this journey. My name is Kathy Hackle, and I'll be your host and guide on this adventure into the unknown. This is Adweek's Metaverse Marketing Podcast. This is episode one, defining a new reality. So what exactly is the metaverse? Well, that depends on who you ask. For me, the metaverse is really the converging of the digital and the physical. The metaverse represents this very, very deep desire to go into a new world that's like the real world in every way, but better. The metaverse is the grand union of many, many, many different immersive experiences. So it's just like a space where you can be all interconnected and from different origins or wherever in the world you are, you can all meet in this virtual space. According to Google Trends, interest in the term spiked in April of this year, three months before Mark Zuckerberg announced that Facebook will become a metaverse company. So what is the metaverse? It's, um, you know, it's a virtual environment where you can be present with people in, in digital spaces. And you, you can kind of think about this as an embodied internet that you're inside of rather than just looking at. Defining a new term comes with great responsibility. And with great responsibility comes great confusion and some chaos. You have to go to the Unity conference call uh, the first quarter, which really explains what the metaverse is, which is the idea that you, you're, you're looking at basically, you can be an Oculus, whatever, and you say, I like the way that person looks in that shirt. I want to order that shirt. In my daily work, I'm tapped by many luxury beauty and fashion brands to help them with virtual worlds, virtual fashion, NFTs, and even their long-term metaverse strategies. While I can't publicly share everyone I've worked with, you have definitely seen my work in some of the biggest digital fashion headlines of the last few months. 
When I start working with a new client, I always start from zero. And when I outline the metaverse to them, it starts something like this. In Web 1.0, we had the internet, which connected us to information at unprecedented speeds and scale. Web 2.0 connected people through the internet, which gave us social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok. Web 3.0 is about connecting people, places, and things. Sometimes these people, places, and things can be fully virtual or synthetic, while at other times, they can be in the physical world with a level of augmentation. My fellow metaverse pioneer, Matthew Ball, explains how when Web 1.0 was just emerging, we were all trying to use words to describe things that didn't exist. At that time, the internet was called the information superhighway. Now, when was the last time you logged onto the internet and said, I'm getting on the information superhighway? Probably never. We're currently at the end of Web 2.0 and at the beginning of Web 3.0. And as Lindsay McInerney, Global Head of Technology and Innovation at ABM Bev shares, we've been here before. What's going on right now very much mirrors what we saw in the early days of social media, where, you know, there was that stage of denial. You know, we write press releases. We don't need to we don't need to tweet. We don't need to write Facebook posts. And then, you know, it was okay. like put the intern on the social media stuff. Right. And then became social teams where there was a dedicated group often of young individuals starting to work on the social media things for brands. And now what you see is that it's just embedded into the duty of every marketer that they understand that social is part of how you market as a brand. And it's very likely that this goes in a, in a really similar way. We're trying to use the language of today to describe the future, which is always a challenge. But as a tech futurist, that's part of my job. So I asked our interviewees to share their thoughts in hopes of finding some common ground. What I found was some agreement, but some areas of difference as well. I think of the, the metaverse having kind of three components to it. That's Craig Donato, the chief business officer at Roblox, an experienced company that has been around since 2006, but spiked in popularity during the pandemic. As a side note, the pandemic isn't just the backdrop to the metaverse. It really is a central character. COVID-19 and social distancing mandates accelerated the adoption of digital culture in unprecedented ways. If ever there was a collective, agreed-upon virtual world, Roblox would be it. Just ask any parent with a child under the age of 16. The first is the nature of the experiences. And I think of a, a metaverse having experiences that are, number one, immersive, such that your mind's eye is taken into the experience, right? And this is, I think, you know, very common for people playing games, right? You're transported within this digital experience. And the second is that the experiences are fundamentally social. You're doing them with other people. So there's the type of experience, immersive and social. The second is the, all of these experiences exist within this universe that is expansive and always changing, right? So this, there's all these different places that I can go and I can frictionlessly jump from one to the other. And the, the third piece is that amongst all of these experiences in this universe, there's this shared fabric that spans all of these experiences. And that includes a common identity, right? You have a unique identity and, 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 and persona in this, in this metaverse. There's a social graph, so you have friends that you can go from experience to experience with. There's an economy, 
so that you can buy, sell things, even have a career. And there's this, some notion of safety and civility, some sort of infrastructure that makes sure that rules are followed, that, that people act in a, in a productive way. So I think that when I think of the metaverse, I think of those three components, the nature of the experience, the container for all those experiences, the universe with which they exist, and the shared fabric that, that brings them all together. Craig's description of the metaverse as immersive, social, and contained in a universe makes it sound like Fortnite or Upload VR could be the metaverse. But Jamie Burke insists there's one metaverse. He's the CEO and founder of Outlier Ventures, an accelerator that is quickly becoming the Y Combinator for the metaverse. Yeah, so I think for me, there are two important points. And beyond that, I think it's open for interpretation. So the two important points for me are firstly that it is singular there is one metaverse for it to be the metaverse it needs to be meta to all verses and so there may be many verses instances of the metaverse but there is one metaverse the second thing is that for me you know you can think of the metaverse as this convergence of hardware and software innovations and technologies that blur the physical and the virtual or the digital and make them indistinguishable from one another. Actually, I'm not too fussy which technologies, so I don't believe that everything has to be fully immersive VR. I don't believe that we need ubiquitous AR. I, I would argue that the metaverse already exists it's perhaps just, you might say, in 2D or, you know, kind of not, not fully immersive. This is the part where it gets confusing. Are there many metaverses or just one? Does it already exist today or not? For Alice Delahunt, Chief Digital Officer and Chief Content Officer at Ralph Lauren, now is the time to build. We are in the nascent stages of something that will have impact and ramifications far beyond what I truly believe any of us can imagine at the moment. It is an incredible time to witness, an incredible time to build, to create, and to be a part of. But for me, right now, the metaverse is nascent. Certainly, science fiction has groomed us to think about the metaverse. In fact, the term was coined by sci-fi writer Neil Stevenson in his 1992 novel, Snow Crash. I was lucky enough to work at Magic Leap, where Neil was our chief futurist. Then there was the oasis in Ernest Cline's 2011 book, Ready Player One, which was later adapted as a movie by Steven Spielberg. I was lucky enough to be at HTC Vive as a VR evangelist during the company's partnership with Spielberg's film. Both Snow Crash and Ready Player One present the idea of the metaverse as an escape from reality. But does it have to be an escape or can it be more than that? I think the metaverse is probably best understood as two different things, which is not a great way to start a definition, but here it goes. On the one hand, the metaverse is a word that we're all using for the very, very long-term human aspiration to be able to enter uh, a completely imaginary world. That's Jonathan Glick, former New York Times Senior Vice President of Product and Technology. In addition to being an internet veteran and digital culture expert in his own right, Glick is also working with Matthew Ball. Glick says our desire to escape reality is... Ancient. Probably, you know, pre-historic inclination. Human beings 
After all began imagining themselves in an enchanted world where everything around them was alive and spoke, the rocks, the trees, the sky, and so on. And we lost that enchantment in the modern period. And at that point, divided the world between sort of fact and fiction, you know, between science and imagination or art. In a, in a really very real sense, I consider the metaverse the aspiration to rejoin those two sides, right? To be able to go back into a world where things are alive and anything's possible and stories come to life and essentially uh, regain the enchantment that we lost in, in modern times. So that's that's one half of it. The metaverse represents this very, very deep desire to go into a new world that's like the real world in every way, but better, where we're powerful or free or whatever else. That's one piece. The second piece is with an eye towards that very, very long-term aspiration, the set of technologies that approximate that vision, right? Whether that's the computing that is required to enable it, whether that's the networking that's required to connect it, whether that's the virtual engines and platforms required to render it, provide physics and dynamics that enable it to be real, whether that's the blockchain that provides the economic backbone that gives us the ability to buy and sell and trade, have professions online, all those things, the much more mundane, technical underpinnings that point to that aspirational direction, that's also the metaverse. And so to some extent, a lot of the confusion around the definition comes from the fact that when we say metaverse, we're actually talking about both things at the same time, and they're not necessarily the same thing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The metaverse is different from the hardware we use to enter it. Just the same as the internet isn't the same thing as a computer or social media isn't the same thing as a smartphone. But let's talk about the underlying technology for a moment. Because even though it's not the same thing as the metaverse, it's important to understand how we get there. When most people think of the metaverse, they think of virtual reality or VR. Shiny headsets like those produced by Oculus have become less heavy and cheaper over the years. The graphics have improved and so has the latency. But is strapping on a headset and entering an oasis the only way to enter the metaverse? VR is an entry point and one of the enabling technologies, but it's not the only one. Things like VR, AR, you've got 5G, where the internet and everything's just getting faster. Computing power is getting faster. No surprise to anybody who's done anything digital in the past 18 months, but the pandemic has poured gasoline on anything and everything digital. And what we saw through this is that people were 
not only just spending more time online, but spending time in these new worlds that were also emerging, you know, at this at this point in time. That was Lindsay McInerney once again. What about augmented reality? For Delahunt, it plays an important role in the convergence of our physical and digital lives. I believe that augmented reality will have a major impact on the space and will be the catalyst for that relationship to grow. So augmented reality is very interesting because it's like the extra augmented layer you can have on the real world. That's Benoit Pagodo, co-founder of Artifact Studios. They're a metaverse-born brand and studio that designs virtual sneakers and collectibles. Artifact has crushed records with the fashion world taking notice, especially after their ferocious sneaker NFT collaboration drop that generated $3 million. Artifact already counts celebrities like Paris Hilton among its fans and have recently secured $8 million in funding led by Andreessen Horowitz. We think it's a very, very interesting medium because if you look at First, the tech is very, very satisfying. You know, you see a lot of people using it on Snapchat every day since years. Uh, Snapchat basically transitioned to be almost fully a uh, augmented reality company. And if you look at what, you know, Apple, even Facebook uh, have been doing, the acquisition they've done in the past five years, like they are all betting on potentially doing a device that is allowing you to truly see augmented reality in a meaningful way, like with AR glasses. So we truly think that it's a way to really experience NFTs and really bring these, these stuff you can normally do only in games and bring them in the real world. Jonathan Glick agrees that augmented reality is going to play an enormous role in the metaverse, mainly because... Augmented reality is essentially the mobile version of the metaverse, right? And, you know, how much time do you use your phone versus your laptop computer today? For me, my phone is like 90% of my my connection to the internet. And so based on that, based on the, I, you know, I, I use the mobile version more often than the seated version, I think that AR will be extremely important. While it's important to understand the hardware, as I mentioned before, the hardware isn't the whole story. It's the vehicle that gets us there. But where exactly is there? So for me, I think by definition, of what we've come to understand, at least I've come to understand the metaverse to be. For it to be unifying, that's most likely to happen through it being an open system rather than a singular platform achieving this kind of total supremacy and a monopoly. And I think what's indicative to that direction of travel is the success of Bitcoin or Ethereum, which effectively is an economic system mobilized or catalyzed by some elegant but simple game theory, whereby we've mobilized billions of dollars of capital, hardware infrastructure in a permissionless sense around the world to secure this network. And I imagine, and of course Ethereum is is a, a continuum of that. And so I would argue, if you look at the beginnings of that success and its unstoppable nature, that the, the, the metaverse, to achieve you know, the metaverse in full, would require that kind of distributed, decentralized system. But from a principles perspective, the reason why I think it's important is because the alternative is, is both how the web currently looks, you know, monopolies 
pretty anti-social monopolies, whether it's a single search engine, whether it's a single e-commerce site, whether it's a single social network. Really what, you're, what you witness with a closed system is this process of capture and control. Jamie mentions two themes that come up in many conversations about the metaverse. The first theme is decentralized, and the second is interoperability. Decentralized is a term we normally hear about when we're talking about cryptocurrency. In blockchain, being decentralized refers to the idea that there's no central bank responsible for all the money and transactions. Instead, the ledger belongs to the people. In the metaverse, being decentralized refers to community ownership. This is something I could tell Lindsay McInerney from AVMVEV feel strongly about. Because Web3 is, you know, some of the core concept are is concepts are decentralization and community ownership. And, you know, something I believe that the big brands of this this era will be community owned, will be co-owned with the community, where the community who own those assets not only own and enjoy them, but actually benefit from owning them. And therefore, they're incented and inspired to share and make something of the brand in a way that they can't be by being chased down and given $200 to be a traditional influencer in the web, you know, the web two space or the web two era. We're going to touch on the metaverse and what it means for brands in future episodes. But for now, the core concept of community is important to highlight. Another theme was that of interoperability. While some may say that current games are metaverses, it's not like you can take your character outside of a closed ecosystem. Here's Jonathan Glick on interoperability. So my sense is that there will be these sort of standalone universes, much like there are these huge video game universes today that don't interoperate for the most part and are super successful anyway. But out on the edges, there's going to be this this open and interoperable space where new startups that are trying to do immersive and virtual things agree to share certain assets, certain economic attributes, certain identity systems. And out there on the edge, eventually will become a critical mass. That interoperable space is where that future open system will be born. If you're more confused about the metaverse now than when we started, you're not alone. Our goal is to expand your mind and invite you to imagine not just everything the metaverse is, but all it could be. And perhaps the most important thing is to let you know that it's being created right now, before our very eyes. And you too can be a part of the future of Web 3.0 and beyond. I tend to have a positive outlook about where this is all heading, and I'm not alone. We're pioneers. Yeah, it's it's a great time. It's an amazing time. I've, I think I've said this before to you, but I've never been so excited about the future of the internet. The Metaverse Marketing Podcast was brought to you by Adweek. It's hosted by me, Kathy Hackle, and edited by Divergent Productions. Amanda Costco is our executive producer, and Nick Gardner is Adweek's production director. If you're listening to us on a podcasting app, you already know how to get your podcast. So please subscribe to this one. If you're on Adweek's website, consider subscribing to the podcast by searching Metaverse Marketing in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever the best audio is found. If you have any questions or feedback, you can send an email to podcast at adweek.com. 
Tune in next week for episode two of eight as we continue to go down the metaverse rabbit hole and explore the future. You're listening to Adweek's Metaverse Marketing Podcast, hosted by Kathy Hackle. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you in the metaverse. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.